0: You're about to embark on a journey through the written word of God on subjects that deal with today. This is Brothers Just Searching.
1: How you doing everyone and welcome to another episode of Brothers Just Searching. I'm Isaac along with Pastor Brandon from New Beginnings Fellowship Church. Uh, Brother Anthony and Brother Bowen is out tonight and it feels weird. I don't know about you. It's just... Yeah. It it don't feel the same without it's them. Not. It's not the same, man. And uh I love Brother Anthony, I love Brother Bowen, and you know, uh their their, their, their flavor mm-hmm. that comes into this podcast yep. is you know, it's like making gumbo without root. It just don't mix. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> it just don't mix. There you go. But uh, Pastor B, how you doing, my brother? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing well. Glad to be with y'all tonight. Hey, Amen, man. We're glad you're back. Uh, ever since the podcast, you've been in Michigan. You've been to Baton Rouge, and yep. and we had Ross not last Sunday, but the Sunday yep. before. So yep. you got back in Galatians, and it was just. It was like, man, a guest speaker is speaking this morning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it feels good to be home. It feels good to be with everybody. It feels good to be back on the podcast. Hey,
1: Amen. Well, this is once a month, and uh, I'm not gonna lie. I was thinking about calling this segment Pasta with uh study with Pastor Brandon. So I don't yeah. know. We got. I forgot to talk to you hey, about we, that approval, we, but we can, you know, we
0: can work with it, bro. Your royalty rights.
1: You know, you give us two cents every so often. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We can work with we it. We can work with that. There huh? you go.
1: But uh, so how was Michigan? How was everything like that? Oh,
0: man, it was beautiful up there, man. It was – the weather was amazing. we getting some of that cooler weather right now. I was sitting outside just enjoying it last night. But in Michigan, it was uh, – while it was 80s and 90s down here, the, the top uh, – the high, highest temp was uh, 64, 65 wow. degrees. And so it was just beautiful, crisp weather and the state of 10,000 lakes – And uh, we got to see a lot of it and and really had some wonderful services with Pastor Asher Weber uh, at uh, Faith Worship Center in Brighton, Michigan. And that was a wonderful time. Pastor Asher, as you know, is a wonderful preacher, a great man of God, an encouraging brother, and uh, had a good time. But it's always good to be home. Amen. Amen.
1: That's we're glad to have you back home. We're glad that the Pastor Daniel and uh Adam did a good job. But uh, you know, hey, this is not like having your pastor up there, you know. God, bro. So but uh we appreciate it, appreciate everything you do for the church and uh we got a we got an event coming up, me and you together. It's yep. uh the youth event on October twenty fourth. I'm yep. excited. We had one last month and uh I told you good reports of that and uh mm-hmm. I was shocked, you know, growing up Young people read their Bible, but they don't pay close details. The group of kids we had, we did Bible trivia, came down to the wire. They were competitive, and uh, it was just a great service altogether. The Lord Amen. moved mightily and thought about walking in the Spirit or walking after the flesh. And it, Amen. We just can't wait for this. I hope it's cool enough to have a bonfire. You know. Amen. So, Amen. But we're gonna. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. I can't wait to see what God's gonna do. Amen. So you're not gonna give me a tease about what you're gonna preach on
0: that night, oh, man. Or? I ain't even started praying for that <laughs> yet. Man, I'm, I'm still too far praying, off. I'm still praying for this week's services, <laughs> and next week's services. But but uh, I'm looking forward to ministering to our youth, man. They really yeah. need to be taught the word of God. There's so much that's going on in our culture today that they need to be equipped with truth to be able to walk through that. Uh, this world and the the hurdles that it brings. And so it's always a joy to minister truth to them.
1: Amen. And I'm going to be honest with you. Yesterday I had a burn, burn on my heart. I shared a post on Facebook. I I seen you saw it and I don't know why, just that heaviness for the youth. I'm just, Mm -hmm. I I see, you know, I thank God for men like you and men like my dad and my former pastors and my Mm -hmm. youth pastors of the back Mm -hmm. in the day that taught me the truth. Mm Hmm. Because you know, that helped me out through the time. But youth pastors today they're not they're not worried about the word. They weren't worried about lights and cameras and wanting to be the next great pastor or youth pastor. Mm-hmm. And it's not about that. It's about winning souls. And if you if you focus more on winning souls, the Lord's gonna bless you. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of these youth ministers, and a lot of these pastors, they just wanna do it for their own glory. Yeah. And we're gonna see an example of a Romans chapter one about being a servant. Amen. and uh, unfortunately pastors don't want to be a servant. they want to be you know the head macho, the big cheese out of yeah. all the yeah out of all the caboodle and it just, it just hurts
0: you yeah. know it hurts the body of Christ. Well, it's a symptom of you know where we are in the church and the culture in America right. today. Uh, and there's I, I just can't imagine that there's ever been a time in history where it was so easy to make uh, religion, especially Christian faith and Christian religion, out to be something to profit from in a worldly way. Like Paul spoke about that to Timothy uh, about evil men who taught false doctrines uh, but he said about those men that they believed, they thought that godliness was a means of gain. That they thought that uh, religion was a way to get stuff uh, you know, selfishly. And if that was true in the day where many Christians were persecuted and punished for their faith, how much more true is that today in the ease of Christianity that we have now to just make it about yourself. And so even those guys, that some of them that I know, that they're very much into being a pop icon more than being a man of God um, and who they are is uh, is... Defined by the Instagram filters that they right. use and how clever they sound in their preaching, uh, if they even call it preaching, rather than you know kneeling in prayer and worshiping God and saving souls and, and teaching truth, um, that they are a product of uh, this Christian culture that we have today, and they need to be strengthened. They need to be encouraged. They need to be brought back to the root of the Word of God. Uh, and we just pray that God would give us the grace to minister to them, and be yeah. patient with them, and show them that there's more uh, to it that they don't have to be empty. And so many of them are. You see, right. so many, uh, so many people who are in ministry today getting caught up in uh, evil and wrong things. And I think a lot of it has to do with we've told them a lie that mm-hmm. Christianity is about what you can get, not about right. the person that you receive through faith. And uh, so we just. We're not trying to, uh, by criticizing that, we're not trying to bash them. We're just saying there's a better way, and and we want to invite them into it. So I just I appreciate uh, you serving with me and and just being a part of that ministry to our kids. It's a joy.
1: Think about that, and I know we're not on our topic yet, but think about a few years ago when I was going to Crossfire. I was... I think fifteen, sixteen. I'm not trying to show your age, but you are a counselor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh, and remember, I show you that uh, the Bible that you mm-hmm. signed. And I thought about that. I I don't think me and you ever thought yeah. when you signed that Bible we met in, at okay. Crossfire that we would ever serve in the ministry together. I never nope. thought you would have been the nope. pastor or nope. my pastor and. Uh, nope. I don't, you probably never thought you'd be in Louisiana or still. Nope, <laughs> so no, nope, not a
0: clu- Not a clue. So it's
1: funny how God works though. Yep. And Amen. look, we at, at youth camp, we clicked like that, man. Amen. We were we were good friends, and you know, Amen. you. Were, I'm not gonna talk. I, I know. I don't know if Jonathan or Chris or anything people are gonna yeah. hear, but you was one of my favorite counselors. I'm just yeah. saying, yeah, that, you That's know, what but I'm talking about,
0: man, <laughs> <laughs> they were okay. Yeah, they were. But I was, but I you know, was killing it. Huh? Yeah, you. you <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah. no, I'm just excited, man. Pastor Brandon, thank you again for coming tonight. It's a it's a privilege being with you on every every first of the. First Tuesday or Monday of the month is to talk about the Word of God with you. And I think we we, we talked a little bit about Romans uh, last month. We talked about the history and just an overview of Romans, what yeah. it covered. And we're going to go ahead and our original thought was just to go through the whole first chapter. Studying it, there's no way you can go through the whole yeah. first chapter. So we're going to go ahead yeah. and break it down and... Um, if God permits, we're going to finish Romans in the year of 2022, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but I believe yeah. it's going to be a good, uh, good study for us. And uh, like I said, it, I wish Bowen and, uh, Boogie was here, but Hey, you know, we got to make do with just us, you know, yeah, that's it. we'll do what we can, <laughs> we do what we can, yeah. you know, two or three are gathered together. We got enough in this room. Amen. So, but, um. Uh, But, yeah, guys, October 24th, if you're in the Bro Bridge area, if you want to find out any information about the Youth Night or our ministries at New Beginning Fellowship Church, go look us up at New Beginning Fellowship on Facebook or brothers just searching. Also, one quick reminder, please hit that subscribe if you have not yet or follow us uh, on our social media pages and also on our podcast platform, also New Beginnings has a uh, podcast, New Beginning Fellowship Church, BB. You can go check them out as well. Yep. Start back in Galatians, you there know, you your go. last one. So yep, that Amen. one we should be done by 2021, sometimes. Amen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yep. that's
1: some good teaching, my brother. So, Praise God, man. So we're going to go ahead and start, guys. And um, we're reading in the epistle of Paul, the apostle to the Romans. And what we're going to do is we're going to read chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 7 that is the introduction to Romans and we're going to let Pastor Brandon go ahead and explain a few things to us and we will discuss a few things in Romans chapter 1 so we're going to go ahead and start reading if you have your Bibles Romans 1 verse 1 Paul a servant of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle separate unto the gospel of God which he had promised afar by his prophets in the Holy Scripture concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord Which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith amongst all nations for his name amongst whom are you also called of Christ of Jesus Christ. To all who be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Pastor Brandon, I want to go ahead and uh, ask you about, you know, we, we, we know Paul wasn't in Rome when he wrote the book of uh, Romans. Um, but I'll, let's just go ahead and break down the first verse. I like how he said, Paul, a servant of jesus christ called to be an apostle separate unto the gospel of god let's break down that scripture a little bit because there's a lot of meat into that one scripture because he called himself a servant before apostle so what what, what paul's breaking down
0: right here why did he amen. call himself a servant and not apostle first amen because all callings are rooted in our identity so god can choose to call any person to be a, a pastor, an evangelist, uh, you know, uh, a teacher, uh, a deacon, an elder, a worship leader—anything that he wants to call them to do, but that is rooted in the idea that he has the right to do it, right, right, and that it, that comes from the idea that our identity is that we're a servant. So, a servant is someone who's owned by another person, right? And so, that's a strange concept in our culture today because. Uh, There are evils of slavery that have no place in a moral society that says uh, that all men are created equal by God, Uh, and that was the root conviction that led to the abolition of slavery. But it was a cultural... Uh, phenomenon that existed in the biblical world and, a matter of fact, all over the world until uh, you know the last 150 years, and it still exists in many places in the world today. Right. Uh, but the idea of a servant was a helpful illustration, because the idea was that there is a person that the common definition is this, is that their life was bound up in the will of another. In other words, everything that they did, everything that they thought about from the time that they woke up until they went to bed at night was satisfying the will of another person. So a servant worked for somebody else, right? And so there were different ways that someone would become a servant. They would become a slave through... Uh, you know, one nation going into another nation, winning a battle against that nation and taking citizens of that other kingdom into slavery. If you had a debt you couldn't pay, you could be taken into slavery for a certain amount of time. Uh, if you were poor, there was also in Israel a version of of welfare that was uh, that took place in a form of slavery where you could sell yourself into slavery for seven years and become a servant of that person. And the benefit of that was if you couldn't feed yourself and you couldn't pay your bills and the debtor's coming to take everything that you have, you can sell yourself as a slave. And that person's responsibility is to feed you, clothe you, take care of you if you're sick. uh, And then they get the benefit of you being their laborer for that period of time. And so, The idea of a servant is that the master always has 24-7 access to that person to say, here is my will, go and do it. And the responsibility of that servant was to carry out the will of his master. And so when Paul says that he's a servant of Jesus Christ, he's saying, I'm his slave. I belong to him. He's purchased me with his own blood. And the common illustration uh, that's used, unless someone get a negative connotation, uh, is that slaves uh, could be redeemed from prison. So, say you owe a debt you can't pay, you're in prison for that debt, and this person comes and buys you out of that imprisonment, and you serve them uh, for that blessing, for that good that they did for you. And so the point is, Paul says, I was the servant of sin. I was in prison to my shame, my guilt, and Jesus came and redeemed me. And the nature of a bondservant, uh, to go beyond just this idea, because this is a word that's used in other places to more fully describe the relationship between uh, us and the Lord, is that a bondservant... Uh, is someone that, say, at the the end of that seven-year term. So we talked about under the Jewish uh, societal structure, if you were poor, you could sell yourself into slavery for seven years. Well, if you eventually said, and viewing this more as a employer-employee relationship, and you said man, this master takes care of me, he provides for me, I don't have the resources to take care of myself, and I feel like I've become a part of the family, and I love this person, and literally the idea is that I honor them, and I respect them, and I want to be a part of their house, and their family, and what they're doing, and if I help serve him, and their house improves, things get better for me, because he treats me like I'm part of the family, and so, If a person decided, you know what, my seven years are up and I don't want to leave. I love them. I've become like family to them. I'm part of that community now and I want to stay here. I love them and I want to carry out their will for the rest of my life. Is that person would go and they would place their door, their ear up against the doorpost of a house and the man would take an awl. So a a large, like you would, you know, punch a hole in a hole puncher, if you will, and put it up against his ear, and use a hammer and drive uh, that all through his ear. Uh, and through his earlobe, and that would be this, the lifelong symbol that this man has devoted himself to someone else's will for the rest of their life. And so we're, we're the bondservant of Jesus. We love him. We say, right. you know, I'm not the begrudging slave of someone that I don't like. I'm in, I'm in love with this friend, this master, the one that's adopted me into his family. And so first, Paul, before he says anything about himself, he's saying, my life is bound up in the will of Jesus. I am his servant. I do whatever he wants me to do. I love him. I'm not bound up in some title or calling that I can right. go, I'm an apostle, and that's so profound that I'm important. I'm not important. I've been given a important responsibility by my master. Right, So I'm a servant, I'm lowly, I, I can't provide for myself, I'm nothing, and Jesus rescued me and brought me into his service, and now he's given me the honor of being an apostle. He's given me the honor of serving him in this calling. So he says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. And so whatever else we do, we're always a servant, right? right? So I'm my title in our church is I'm the senior pastor. I'm, I'm the the lead pastor, whatever you want to call right. that. Before I'm a senior pastor, I'm a servant, right. right? So my responsibility is not to walk around and go, you know, oh, here's my title. Here's what I am. My responsibility is to wash feet, right. to care for people, serve people, love people, to Full always be at my master's beck and call.
1: And that's the following of Christ because if you read uh john chapter 13 i believe it is jesus shoulders was the perfect example of being a leader is by washing the disciples feet
0: absolutely remember
1: peter uh yeah it was peter that said look i don't know you i'm not worthy and he said well if i don't wash your feet now i won't better do and he's going to wash my feet wash my hands and he said no there'll be a day for that but jesus was showing us before and look, jesus is the ultimate leader he is our savior he's our king he's our he's our master but he he showed us the example of being a perfect yeah. leader by saying, look, before you could be a leader and take a lot of this call, you have to be a servant. You got to help the
0: people that you're, uh, that you're over. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Jesus says, if I being your Lord and master have washed your feet, how right. much more are you to wash one another's right. feet? And so that's our responsibility. We're servants. And so, uh, to get that out of the way, Paul is because Paul's a controversial figure, Right, he's a very controversial figure and everyone is divided over him very few people were indifferent about Paul you, most people either absolutely loved and appreciated him or hated him and despised him and so what he's what he's pointing out is just what he point out. Like we talk about, we're going through Galatians right now. When he says in verse in chapter one and verse ten, uh, "Am I seeking to please God or man? Am, am I trying to get man's approval? Am I trying to get man to approve of me or God to approve of me?" And he says, "If I'm trying to seek man's approval, I'm no longer the servant of Christ." And so his point is: Look, you may think that my doctrine or my preaching or my life or the way that I do things are controversial, but all I'm doing is fulfilling the will of my master. So, right. and and you know my life enough that I'm willing to sacrifice more than anybody else. That it's not it's not uh, selfishly motivated. So that that's the point. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, the slave of Jesus. Everything I do, I do because it's the will of Jesus. Uh, and so that's how Paul sees himself first.
1: Amen. And then we go to the second part of called to be an apostle. Now, we put that as you said, a bond server. That was his that was that's his uh, he served the king, which the king or the master, if you want to put it, told him, hey, you're going to be an apostle. That is yep. the the call of Paul and it says separated unto the gospel of God now yep. you're call pastor Brandon you was called to be a pastor I, I help with the youth ministry do the podcast we're called to that but we're also got to be separated unto the gospel why was Paul you know we, we know why Paul Paul was called on the road to Damascus yeah. and he separated can you explain that a little bit to yep. the calling of God as an apostle or to put anyone's life and what it means to be separated into the gospel of Jesus Christ?
0: So when he says uh, called to be an apostle, so I'm a, I'm a servant, I'm possessed of Christ, and he has a special calling on my life that he's called me to do something. So if you, if you picture yourself as a servant and you're out working in the field and the master says, you know, Isaac. Come over here. I've got a task for you. I'm calling you to tell you about a specific purpose. And so I'm calling you to be an apostle. An apostle is a sent one. It's an ambassador. It's a messenger. It's someone that's told, okay, uh, you're a servant, but you're going to serve in this way. I'm going to relay an important message to you, and your responsibility is to take that message To the person or people that I'm sending you to and represent me before them. Not just convey the message, but you are my representative to convey that message with my authority. And so I send you with my message, with my authority, on my behalf, to go and convey that message to certain people. And so what he says, the message that he was called to bring, is that he was called to be an apostle. Jesus called him to be a sent one, to send him out for that purpose. And he says that I'm set apart for the gospel of God. In other words, God has said there's one purpose for you, one purpose, right? Not many purposes, not a thousand purposes. Here's what I want you to do. If you set something apart, you're designating it for a specific service. This is sanctification, if you will. It's the same idea when it says to uh, separate something or to sanctify something. This is the idea that they would have when talking about um, the, the utensils in the temple, you know, for an example, right. uh, you know there there are certain instruments that they use for killing the sacrifice, or for uh, for you know putting it on the altar, or for sprinkling the people with blood uh, to sim- symbolize their atonement. And these items were not to be used. For other purposes, the sensors that they would have, that they would put the incense in and then put a coal on it and then it would smoke, creating uh, the sense that in the same way that the smoke is filling the atmosphere, God's presence is here among us. And so you couldn't take that same sensor and, you know, a priest couldn't take it home with him and go get some potpourri somewhere and put right. it in there and be like, you know, I'm going to use this for the temple and I'm going to use it at home for other things. to defile it. He says, I'm, it, the same way that those things were set apart for a specific purpose, I was set apart for a specific purpose. And that specific purpose is for the gospel of God. Now, yes. this is just wonderful Uh, language to say this is what the gospel is. It's the gospel of God. If gospel is good news, it's a happy announcement, it's a joyous declaration, uh, that's the gospel. It's God's gospel. God owns this gospel, God constructed this gospel. The gospel is what God says that it is. And Paul says God's got a gospel. He's got a happy announcement that he wants the world to know about. And he called me to share that happy announcement with the world. And so Paul's ministry, his main focus... We see him building churches, establishing elders, making disciples. We see him correcting sin. We see him practicing church discipline. We see him writing letters. All of this, everything that he does, all of his suffering, all of his missionary trips, everything that he does is to fulfill one purpose. It's to declare the gospel of God. It's to manifest the gospel of God through preaching it and seeing it lived out in people's life. And so Paul says that that's his purpose, that he's a servant, he's called as an apostle to be an ambassador or a representative, to represent what, to communicate what on God's behalf, god's gospel, gospel. God's, god's good, good news, news to Amen. take it to the world and to preach that to people
1: and that that's like you said Paul is very controversial but you can you, you can you can tell by Paul's writings that he was very passionate about that calling you get what, yep. what I'm saying yeah uh, I think
0: is it in Romans where he said I was the chief of the Pharisees or that was in Galatians uh, not... that was uh, uh, Philippians where Philippians. he says uh, or Philippians and Galatians, where he says that he was uh, he was uh, far surpassing right. uh, those of his own age in Judaism. Uh, how he was the Pharisee of Pharisees, right. a Jew of Jews, uh, and so he was you know the ultimate of, right. of, of that religion. And,
1: and he and he was the ultimate of that religion, as you were saying. He put that much passion to that. I think that's why he took that call so serious because, yeah. uh, as I said earlier before yeah. show prepping, I've been uh, reading uh, Regulations, Ephesians, Philippians. And I just finished Colossians, and you could just tell Paul's passion about the gospel and about false teachings, and you yeah. could tell he took that calling very serious to be an apostle to spread the good yep. news of Jesus Christ, and you, you could tell when somebody's just doing something just to, oh, I'm just doing because it's a normal routine or something they're very passionate about, yep. and that's in that first verse. Look how Paul broke it down. Like you said, I'm a servant. I'm called, and it's to spread the good news. Yep. You could tell how Paul was trying to tell them. Look, we need. This is the sole purpose is to preach the gospel, and that's what God called me to do. Is spread it out. Amen. And. He brought out a lot of the the the, um, the revelation of Christ in crucified. Absolutely, you know, and Paul had God, God used Paul greatly, and that calling has spread to even years, thousands of years after his death. Yep, yep. and that yep. shows if you do something for God, and if you really, if you put God first, yep. his blessings going to fall
0: behind Thank you, you for doing that. You're right, and he not only declared that gospel as the other apostles did, but God helped him flesh out and um, to clearly understand and work out all of the implications of the gospel. So in Matthew 3, it says that Jesus went forth preaching the gospel, right? So Jesus was preaching the gospel, but there was a lot that... Paul would say that Jesus didn't say in in his ministry, but everything that Paul would say, you can find root concepts, seeds of that thought, even in in Jesus' words. And so Jesus was preparing for those truths to be uh, more fully manifest, um, we, we use the term "pregnant," right? So the right. idea that a child is con- conceived uh, in in a woman's womb, but at, at conception, it's just uh, a, a fetus, or what's what's the term, a zygote. It's it's just this very small, <laughs> right. imperceptible, microscopic thing, but it's there, and everything that that child is is in that baby. It's right. in that. Uh, small conceived egg that uh fertilized egg but it has to grow and mature for you to see what it's going to be in the end and so that's what god used paul to do is not to just preach the gospel but to unfold the the revelation of the new covenant more fully in all of its truth all of its implication to take all of the the ideas about what was true in the old testament uh and promised about the Messiah to everything that was true about him uh, in the New Testament.
1: Amen, amen. Well, that's some good. That That's just verse 1. <laughs> that's just amen. verse
0: 1. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read verse 2, 3,
1: and 4, Pastor Brandon, on this amen. next one. Uh, which he had promised afar by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declaring to be the Son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Uh, reading them three verses right there, I, me personally, I see three things that it brings out. One, it talks about how Jesus was prophesied before his death, burial, and resurrection. How he has a human line, which is through David and his God, and his, the the him being fully God, through declaring to be the Son of God with power according to spirit, the Spirit of Holiness. That if we can break down them three, I don't know how long we have left, amen. but uh, to break down them three concepts very quickly. Uh, his the prophecies, his his human
0: side and his God side. Amen, amen. So when it says uh, that. Paul says in verse 1 that he set apart for the gospel of God. Verse 2, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, uh, that that the gospel that we have, is it didn't come out of nowhere, right? right. The, the Old Testament was not one religion about who God was and how God wanted us to relate to him. And then God said, forget all that stuff. Mm-hmm. We're going to start over from scratch with a completely right. unique thoughts. All of these things were built up to this point, uh, through, you know, thousands of years of God's truth being revealed. And so, He says the gospel of God was promised beforehand through his prophets, that God was declaring this, God was letting them know this is what's going to happen, this is what I'm going to do, Uh, and it was promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, uh, and then he works this out. What is this that was promised? So here he's about to tell us what the good news or the gospel is that was promised beforehand concerning his Son. Right, Right. So the gospel promised beforehand concerning his son. So the gospel is rooted in who is Jesus Christ and what did Jesus come to do. Any gospel that is missing that is no gospel at all. So we have what you might call a more liberal view of Christianity and, and the gospel and scripture. That would point to Jesus, you know, talking about justice and mercy and righteousness and societal good and helping the poor and the underprivileged and, and those who are rejected by society or pushed out to the side. And it's a social gospel, right? right. It's a love people, help people. And, yeah, Jesus may or may not be these things, uh, but we're here to help people, and that's the gospel. And and what they're pointing to is the fruit of the gospel as the gospel. The gospel produces that, right? The gospel the gospel produces a new nature, a new heart that wants to love and love your neighbor and help the oppressed and you know, make sure that justice is done in the earth. But that is not the gospel. That's the fruit no. of the gospel. The gospel is rooted in who is Jesus, Jesus right? So he says concerning his son. That's who Jesus Christ is. Uh, it's, it's in uh, Psalm chapter 2 all the way back there. Uh, it says... Uh, you are my son, this is the day I have begotten you. So all the way in Psalm 2, it was telling us that this son of David, this coming king, this right. Messiah, this anointed one, was the son of God. And so uh, he says, that concerning his son, who is descended from David according to the flesh, and so that first idea is that Jesus has a natural earthly lineage in the people of Israel that's attached directly to King David. And the reason that this is so important is because God promised David that one of his sons, uh, someone that was descendant from him, would establish a throne or that God would establish his throne and of his kingdom and of his rule there would be no end. And so there's going to be a king that's going to come from David that will never die. So David was a great king. But he died. His son Solomon was a great king who then fell away and did terrible, awful things and became an idol worshiper, and then he died. And then it's just about 14 generations of of David's descendants of just an absolute horror show. The vast majority of them are just terrible, awful people. And you go, how could there be any hope that one of David's sons is going to be this eternally ruling king, right? And so the point is that he's a descendant of David, that this is a fulfillment of the promise that God gave David. And and part of it, you have to understand, uh, when it says concerning his son, God's son, uh, who is descended from David, and the next uh, statement is that was declared to be the son of God in power, is... It had to be the Son of God, because who else would be able to rule forever? Right, Men die, right? So, in that promise, there is the concept of someone who is fully human, and yet will have a divine uh, element to his identity, and that he'll never die. Now, that couldn't be fully worked out, yeah. that it would be uh, the hypostatic union, the, the uh, coming together of completely 100 percent human and completely 100 percent divine all together in one person they didn't have all of that but they knew this doesn't make sense unless god's saying something that is beyond our ability to understand right now that this this son of david is going to live forever right right so he's the, the son of David, uh, fulfilling that prophecy according to the flesh, and was declared to be the son of God in power. So he's, he's divine, and he's got divine omnipotence, divine power, according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. So it was the spirit of holiness that declared it, right? So he was declared this. How was he declared to be the son of God in power? according to the Spirit of holiness by His resurrection from the dead. So the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit, and I think part of the point of this is the Holy Spirit makes no mistakes. Right? so if you point to Jesus and you go well people thought he was God but then he died and that proved that he's not God well people's judgments might be wrong maybe Peter could point at Jesus and say thou art the Christ, the son of the living God and Peter could get it wrong but the spirit of holiness the spirit that's never sinned it's always pure, it's always right it's always set apart and it's holy in that it's other and it's nothing like man it can't be deceived like man That. spirit. Spirit right. declared Jesus is the Son of God by raising him from the dead. So the Holy Spirit rose Jesus from the dead, and in that it was a Holy Spirit confession. He was saying something by doing something, right? Right. So we understand that we not only speak with our words, but we speak with our action, right? So this isn't telling us that on the day that Jesus was raised from the dead, that the Holy Spirit, you know, spoke in some audible way that, right. you know, people or angels heard and they heard, you know, he's the son of God in power. But by doing something, he declared something. He's vindicating the claim of Jesus by raising him from the dead, saying what he says is true, otherwise I wouldn't raise him from the dead. Right. Right. I wouldn't validate him. I wouldn't vindicate him, right? So you're not going to have a false prophet who lies and tells deceitful, wicked things and lies about who he is and who God is, and the Holy Spirit's going to raise him from the dead. That's not going to happen. He's not going to validate that. He's not going to give him a false credibility. And so he's saying, look, the Holy Spirit raising Jesus from the dead is God's way of going. There's not a but, um, There's not a much better way to to tell you Hey, I'm telling yeah, you, that Jesus that is that who he God. says he is. And also
1: yep. in the spirit of holiness, just thinking back, it like you said, it it, it clarified what Jesus who Jesus was, but also clarified what Jesus did. Because you gotta like you said, the spirit is perfect, it never sinned, it never if Christ wasn't perfect, if Christ didn't live a sinless life, if Christ wasn't God in the flesh, he would have never rose from the dead, which would have made his his, uh, his death at the cross, vain. I think that's I mean, when Paul was saying. If you do not believe in the resurrection, all our hope is vain. Because, absolutely. Because if we don't believe, if if the Spirit of God wouldn't have raised him up, that meant that, wait a minute, everything that he did, yep. we're believing in a false hope, we're believing in a false teacher, We but because he rose from the dead, it clarified what he did at the cross
0: enough for our salvation. Absolutely, absolutely. And it just further tells you that the Holy Spirit was just a part of every single thing that happened in the life of Jesus. Right, He was conceived in Mary by the Holy Spirit. Right. Uh, he did his miracles by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit descended out of heaven like a dove and, and uh, rested upon him as the Father declared, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hebrews tells us that Jesus, by the Spirit offered himself as a perfect sacrifice, right. and then the Holy Spirit raised him from the dead so that Jesus could then send the Holy Spirit unto us. Amen. So everything Jesus did was baptized in the ministry of the Holy Spirit, including his resurrection from the right. dead. And that, and that proves to a point, you know, you
1: have a lot of people that believe that the Holy Spirit isn't for today. Well, if Jesus, being the Son of God, the perfect man that that ever walled this earth, had to have the Holy Spirit to guide and lead him. How much more are we supposed to walk in the Spirit and ask for His filling of the Holy Ghost? Because look, if and don't get me wrong, I think Jesus, you know, Jesus is God. He could walk this a sinful, a sinless life, yeah. but he needed the Holy Spirit to help him out with that. We need that. At the, we need the Holy Spirit just as much.
0: Yeah, he he chose to move by the power of the Spirit. Not that he never acted in divine power. Uh, But he chose to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to empower him for his ministry, for his work. And then when he says at the end, the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, we can't detach that statement from verse 3 where it says, uh, who is descended from David. So David is a king, a lord, right? Right. And he's saying that Jesus is Lord. Uh, And so... uh, uh, when, when blind Bartimaeus cries out to Jesus, he cries, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. That, that's language that kings have mercy, right? That's not to say that we don't use that language also of God, uh, but specifically the idea that you're sovereign, you're Lord, you rule, you reign, you're the son of David. And so uh, when he says, Jesus Christ, our Lord, he's saying that he's the king. Right? So, just that to refer back to uh, verse 1 where we started out, uh, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, uh, he's my Lord, he's my yeah. master. Uh, he's my master, he's the one who sends me, I'm with his gospel, I'm bearing his message, and he's my Lord. He sits on the throne, he Amen. rules and he reigns, and I have the responsibility to submit to that authority, that power, that divine right for him to rule and reign. He has that right uh, in our life, not just as the Son of God, but as Lord, as Lord. right? That God has made him to be both Lord uh, and and King. And I think that leads us into uh, our next thought, right? Right. Verse 5. By whom we have received grace and
1: apostleship for the obedience of faith amongst all nations for his name,
0: amongst whom you are also called of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So when he says, through whom, through the Lord, through Jesus, we have received grace and and apostleship, so uh, the the king has had grace on me, right? right? The king could yeah. have said, "You're a rebel against the kingdom, or let's uh, let's put you to death, or put you in prison." Right? I'm not I'm not obligated to be right. gracious to anybody. I'm the king, right? And you've broken the laws of my kingdom. I can just punish you for that and i've extended grace to you i've forgiven you and i've not only forgiven you but i've made you an apostle right imagine all of the this this language is so pregnant with meaning that we skip over right so jesus is the king he rules and he reigns and i was the sinful rebel that's that's the language that he's going to use later on uh in these passages you know while we were yet sinners christ Christ died died for for us And so I'm the rebel against the king, and the king had grace on me, forgave me, adopted me as his son, made me a a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, and then he says that we receive grace and apostleship. So now I'm the rebel who is forgiven and now I'm oh, gonna amen. be sent out with a message from the king. Wow. Right? i I'll be representing with his authority the king that I rebelled against. We're gonna be we're gonna be ambassadors to this world <laughs> to to share
1: Christ. And look, Paul knew this the most way because we talked about Paul earlier. He he received Christ on the road to Damascus. Paul Said that, look, I, I, I persecuted, you know, for, for the Jewish cause. I killed, I, I put people in prison. Uh, I believe it was in Galatians you talked about. I think it was chapter two where he said, look, people didn't want me to go preach. I had to go meet James and Peter. I had to go tell, and yep. these people had to say, look, I'm, Paul was the ultimate rebel. So he knew that very well about how Absolutely. we as believers, when we come to Christ, we <laughs> lived in a, in a, in a, in a state of, Hatefulness. We live in a state of worldness, and now that we come back to the King, like you said, we're ambassadors. Yep. We're sharing that good news. Yep. We're sharing Amen. that news of Christ all over this yep. world through a podcast, through yep. churches, through through everything like that. We're sharing, yep. and look, we were we were rebels. Yep. We were yep. choose of rebels. We all have yep. a testimony. Yep. We all have a testimony about how we used to we used to uh we used to live in this world, but yep. now we come to the King, and now we. We're, we're ambassadors. Amen. We're, we're part of the raw family. And I was thinking about something earlier mm. when you was talking about that. You know, usually back in the days of kings, when they would find someone trying to take over their city, they would find them and kill them. It was rare if you see them yep. say, hey, look, I'm going to extend grace. Look, why don't you serve, yep. Why yep. Don't you serve me and I'm going to yep. make you an ambassador. They, that yep. would have never
0: been thought of, yep. but that shows how great our God is. Amen. Amen. So I'm I'm so glad you said that, man. I I'm, I haven't really uh, dwelt on that thought as clearly as as kind of you just pointed out, like on on the road to Damascus. Paul's going to imprison Christians and 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 to treat people spitefully for the name of Jesus. Right. And then all of a sudden, he has this Isaiah 6 experience where God just shows up, overshadows him with glory. There's so much glory emanating from him, this radiant light, in the same way that kings are glorious. There's this glory that's shining on him, and he's just in terror and in awe, recognizing this is God. This is God, This yeah. is the Lord. This is the same... Lord, the same King, high and lifted up, that Isaiah saw, and I'm immediately recognizing this is the Lord. And He says, "Who are you, Lord?" Right? right? Who are you, he Lord? His proclamation he, of faith, right there. <laughs> and He said, "Jesus Christ." <laughs> wow. So, so like you say, like I'm a rebel against the right. King, right. <laughs> you know, like that that Psalm two king this this descendant of david this this lord this king who will rule over his enemies i'm fighting against him like what a shock that must be and then just like you say and to receive grace from that king and apostleship right i mean what a dramatic immediate confrontation turnaround complete disruption and destruction of a man's life and for him to go Hey, now I'm telling people about this king, right? Right, and and that just amazing, man. Yeah, that,
1: that's a that shows, as as it says the, as we receive grace that that's the ultimate grace. That's God, absolutely. You know, and you hear people that say that it, we we were drug addicts, we were, you know, we we, we were drug dealers, we were, we did the sin upon sins. And they come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and their life changed like that. Yep. And uh, I, I know his first name is Jack. He's a friend on Facebook, but I read his testimony a while back. Jack, uh, Jack Eastin, I think his name is. Maybe so. He's a brother on uh, on Facebook and Jake Easton, Easton, right? And he come on. He said the same thing. He said, "Look, I ha- I was in jail. I didn't want nothing with Christ, but he said when he found Christ, if." If you see his picture from when he was in prison yep. to now, the change that God has yep. given out. that, Like, Paul, that was a cheap rebel. Yep. But because of God's grace and his mercy.
0: Absolutely.
1: That he would take a vessel like mm-hmm. Paul and like Brother Jake and yeah. like so many other brothers and sisters we know in the Lord and give him grace and said, now go proclaim my gospel. Absolutely. For the gospel, it's, for the kingdom, man. It's it. Just, it, it, it it don't you don't comprehend that how much grace that is. Hallelujah. Paul on a, in a if a king if that king was earthly, Paul would have been dead at that moment. Amen. But God said, "Hey, you know what, Paul? I'm, you, yeah, you kill my apostles, you kill my my servants, but I'm going to take you and I'm going to take you to Rome. I'm going to take you all over the world, and you're going to be known throughout all the world as the man that that brought the new covenant, the new testament covenant to all my people." Amen. That's. That's Amen. mind-blowing.
0: Amen. That's, that's God's favor of grace. Amen. Absolutely. That. <laughs> Absolutely. Amen. And so, you know, when he when he says that, um, you know, through whom we received grace and apostleship, it was for a purpose, right? Right. He says, to, so we received grace and apostleship, to, for the purpose, to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name, among all the nations. And so wow. he saved us so that we could preach his name, that people would obey that faith, that they would respond to the command, repent and believe the gospel. Man. Right. That's what the gospel is. It's a command. It is an ultimatum. Repent and believe this gospel. God is commanding you. Right. God is telling you, you need to obey this, and you need to believe. And so he says to bring about the obedience of faith, to tell people... Obey God's call. God is mercifully telling you, I'll forgive you, I'll save you. Believe in Jesus. Believe in the Son whom he sent, uh, the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. That God says that when when I save you, I'm saving you for my own sake, for my own namesake, my own glory. Uh, And and that's what he says in the prophets when he's being gracious to the the people of Israel. They're sinning greatly. They're they're wickedly evil against the Lord. And he says, I'm saving you for my own namesake. So that when I am merciful to you, I get the glory of being merciful to people that nobody else would be merciful to. Right? Just like you were talking about, about Paul. It's like, who would ever be merciful to that rebel against the kingdom? What king would ever do that? And he's saying... I am wanting everyone to know how merciful that I am. And so this is the responsibility we have salvation is not just about us getting something out of the deal right this is not a pragmatic gospel or a utilitarian christ where christ is for my selfish ends and means right which we make the gospel out to be in america come to jesus so that you can get health wealth and prosperity so that your life can improve everything can be better for you it's no come to jesus so that he can save you for his glory and his namesake And he says, among all nations, all uh, ethnic groups, all tribes, all peoples, that Jesus wants to save Save everyone. everyone." Jesus is welcoming everyone in this kingdom, commanding them to believe the gospel. And I know we're trying to wrap it up. <laughs> uh, where he says in verse 6 including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ including you Romans and they're, they're the epitome of the I- enemies of Israel right. and God's people they're the epitome of, of Gentiles who are wicked and in sin and he's saying look y'all aren't off limits right? right. You're, you're not the worst of the worst everybody but you God is calling you to be saved God is giving you the opportunity to repent and believe in Jesus as well Amen. Now verse
1: seven, then we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up after this. To all who be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And it basically I don't know Pastor Brandon if you agree with that, but basically he's just saying what you just said. Look, y'all Romans, y'all Y'all are the chief sinners. Y'all, 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 have, y'all have y'all do every form of idolatry or do every form of uh, wrong that's out there but to you being wrong beloved God called to be
0: saints saying y'all could be saints as well amen yeah and he's and he's saying so that's the uh, and that's the transition statement where he's saying you know paul an apostle and then all of this truth about the gospel he says to all those in rome so that that's the recipients of a letter that's the ones that he's talking to uh, and he's telling them just just like verse six that you you are called to believe in jesus and uh and listen when he says that call uh to belong to jesus christ to all who are in rome are loved by God, so so God loves you. The rebels, like you know, right. you're the epitome we'll of evil. Right. Uh, you're modern day Sodom and Gomorrah. But God loves you, and God wants to save you. You're, you're, even though you're part of those nations, God wants to save you because He wants to save all peoples. And He says, "Called to be saints," right? So God loves you, but not to leave you the way you are. Right? You are called to be the holy ones, right? So when you're called to be the church, the ecclesia, the ones called out from the world to gather around Jesus in obedience and faith to worship him you're the, you're the gathering you're the 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 uh, the uh, called out ones uh, you are the uh, I'm trying to think of uh, the other word for that uh, but you you're all of those things gathered around Jesus to be separate to be right. part, not a part of the world to be wholly set apart unto God so uh, the idea that he says that uh, that he says that he was a servant of Christ called to be an apostle set apart for the gospel of God. He says, look, I don't know what your calling is specifically, if you have a call to be a pastor, a teacher, worship leader, whatever you are, but if nothing else, you're called to be holy. Right? You're called to be different. You're called to not be a part of the world and to be separated unto God, to be holy and righteous, separated unto the Lord. And out of all those things, he says, "Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ." I want you to receive grace. I want you to receive peace and uh, all of that from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Amen. One one point onto the, the saints part, you were just saying, and it's a it's a great it's a saying that's in the church. God would take you as you are, but you can't stay the way you are. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny, Pastor Brandon, not seeing that until tonight. Paul talked about it being separate and being a servant. And it's called to be a saint, telling the Romans, Hey, you should be saints. It's funny how the first seven verses talk a lot about justification or sanctification. You get what I'm saying mm-hmm. about being separate. It's yep. your God. You, you can't be, you can't be in that evil world. You can't continue in sin, which Romans covers a lot of that when you get to chapter three or you, and you yeah. get to chapter seven, eight, nine, and ten, it covers all that. But it's funny how in those couple of verses, Paul's already saying, "Look, you're separate. You need yeah. to be separated from the world. You need to be following Jesus Christ." Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Pastor Brandon, that was good. Amen. That bro. was good. That was, <laughs> that was a lot. That was a lot. But it was. Good. Hey, I didn't
0: write it, bro. Hey, <laughs> we're just studying it. man. Yeah, amen. But that,
1: that's some good. That's some good in depth study right there. Amen. And we're gonna be. Uh, next time you coming in. We're going to be talking, we're going to be verse 8, I think, to... 15. 15. So yeah. we're going to get a big chunk of of Romans chapter 1 out the way the next time, but yep. we're, we're hoping that'll be pretty soon. You know, we got we got a busy month ahead of us. Yeah. We got, Indeed. uh, we're talking a lot about the Reformation and we, we mm. made some, uh... So we lined up a couple of people to come on here and talk about the Roman Catholic Church. Amen. So in a couple of months, oh, in this month, and then we got the election in November, which is a month today. Wow. <laughs>
0: yep. Uh, yep. So and uh, My wife just texted me today to confirm that we were registered. I wanted to make yes! sure. I was like, are we registered? I, I can't remember. So... Y'all didn't vote uh, in the last one? Yeah, 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 and yeah. I, I just—I was like, Wait a minute, "How long does that last for? Do we need to re-register <laughs> So uh, it was—we uh, made sure of that today. So y'all make sure y'all registered and yep. let your voice be heard and follow biblical convictions. Amen, amen. And that—that's something I'm—I'm I'm dealing with
1: right now. I know it's not on the subject for the podcast, but that's something that I need to be less political. Mind, look, there's the Bible. Mm-hmm. We just what's going on with politics. Mm-hmm. But not to be politically minded, but to be biblically minded. Who to vote for? Absolutely, and that's that's the thing. That's what I'm telling everybody now. I remember four years ago, I was Trump, 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 Trump. Now I'm like, well, let's vote according to the Bible. Which one is which one lines closer up to the Bible? Both of them are wrong. Let's see which one is less wrong to vote in. That will follow the agenda of the king. Amen. that's what we need to do. Absolutely. Amen. Well, Pastor Brandon, thank you again. If you want to go ahead and share uh, New Beginnings information one
0: more time before we roll out. Amen. Yeah, New Beginning Fellowship Church in Brobridge, 519 Parkway Drive. You can find us on Facebook at New Beginning Fellowship Church. You can find us on the web at newbeginningfc.com. Uh, And our church services are Sunday morning at 10.30, Wednesday night at 6.30. And if you're near us, man, we'd love to have you come and worship with us, pray with us, fellowship. Uh, Let us encourage you and minister to your faith, talk to you about Jesus. Uh, we'd love to get to meet you, and uh, if you can't, you can watch the live services or uh, watch the uh, the recording after on our Facebook page, or go to the podcast on uh, a lot of different platforms at New Beginning Fellowship Church BB.
1: Yeah, you can you can listen to that on Spotify. Google and Apple; those are the three big ones. That's the ones. Yep. Like you said, we got seven platforms. Uh, Pastor Brand, I show you that we, yep. we're around yep. six, seven countries now. Yep. So uh, you're international, by the hey, way. Oh, <laughs> <hey>. <laughs> so, but that that's good, you know, and that's just spreading the gospel. That's that's what we're about, you know. Amen. So, also with New Begin Fellowship Church, go check out Koto uh, Holmes Full Gospel Church on Facebook and their new sermon podcast, Sermons from the Swamp with Pastor Lanny Hayes. There you go. Uh, that was my dad. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but uh, he uh, he puts his sermons on there so everyone can listen to as well. Uh, go check out Under the Lights with Jordan Taylor. They're they're going to be doing a show in a couple of minutes on Facebook Live. So uh, go go listen out and help that. Uh, platform out and remember subscribe and like our podcast also leave us a review and guys y'all be blessed encouraged pray for us as we we're about to face another storm here oh, uh, i know another one. <laughs> another <one. laughs> hey you know i thought that the. When is one's coming? <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, but you know what? We've been saying that in Louisiana t- since 2016, since the flood. We've yeah, right. Some rough things. right. We're always looking for the next year and everyone's <laughs> hey. worse. So it's like, you know what? Man, we just need to buckle our seatbelt li- li- <laughs> right like now, that. Me- I like that
1: meme you sent me today where, uh, where you uh, <laughs> sent on Facebook where you, God said, hey, put everything for the 2020 decade. And, oh, you put it for the whole 2020 year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh. But Pastor Brandon, we appreciate you coming again. We can't yeah. wait for you again to come next month And uh, as we dive into the second half of Romans chapter 1. And guys, again, uh, keep us in prayer. Keep our churches in prayer. Keep Louisiana in prayer and all the Gulf Shores. And if y'all need, please send us an email at IL777ROMANS1013 at yahoo.com or send us a message on Facebook. We'll try to get back to you as soon as possible. Until next time, God bless, and you'll have a good week.